Marsupial. We don't have a marsupial in the house. <laughs> Last time I checked, <laughs> but but uh, now the live I now the live audience has heard that. <laughs> Honest, open, and vulnerable may contain adult language and material that is not suitable for listeners under eighteen. This is a stream of consciousness podcast that delves into an eclectic mix of topics. Audience discretion is advised. And welcome to episode 144 of Honest, Open, and Vulnerable. My name is Ryan. And I'm Matthew. We, of course, always encourage audience participation. One way to do that is to send us an email, hlvpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at the following number, 231-846-8420. You can follow me on Instagram at Matthew Scribbles. And you can also follow our co-host Scarlett on Instagram as well at the fuchsia lady that's t-h-e-f-u-c-h-i-a-l-a-d-y and you can also post a comment on our website hovpodcast.net you can like us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash honest dot open dot vulnerable and you can follow follow me on instagram at uh, colonel underscore tux that's k-e-r-n-e-l underscore t-u-x and you can also follow our podcast on Instagram at HOV Podcast. And so it's just the just the boys in the studio, uh, the audio adrenaline studio. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and uh, uh, we are. Uh, whoa, hold on. <laughs> I, I'm just, Speaking of go. audio adrenaline, <laughs> somebody's adrenaline was pumping because the video wasn't quite working yet. <laughs> oh no, it was it was working. I just did switch the scene. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. Because I'm bo- I'm both co-host and producer. <laughs> but, he's not. Uh, he's not only the president. He's also a client. <laughs> Oh, that's that's, that's going. A, that's back a away. that's a poll. Yeah, there there are plenty of people that, that are alive now that have no idea what that is. But we're just going to leave it there. If <laughs> but, you do know what that reference is, hovpodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, as as I mentioned, we are uh, doing this live on YouTube at bit.ly slash hovpodcast underscore YouTube all lowercase. So you can. Uh, Pop, pop in there, pop in there, and uh, con- con- contribute to the show in the comp in the comments I, I, or chat. There we go. Yes, the, the <laughs> chat. <laughs> they become comments once once it's a once you know. Leave it, a comment in the it. chat box, <laughs> <laughs> or com- or whatever in the comment box. And- <laughs> chat to us in the comment box. We don't know what we're doing here, <laughs> but uh, if you do have uh, any, uh, I, all of our show titles are stuff that we uh, come up with in, in the show. So if there's something that we mention that, uh, that, you know, they think, Hey, that's a, that's a cool title. Uh, add, add the hashtag show title or number sign show title or, or uh, pound sign, pound sign, Octothorpe, you know, one of those. <laughs> Octothorpe. <laughs> no, Google. Thor, Ogle uh, Thorpe, uh, <laughs> not Google Thorpe. That's Ooh, t- <laughs> there's a show title right there. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Google Thorpe. No, no, no. Google 
Thorpe. <laughs> Funny, I actually watched that movie last weekend. Oh, nice. <laughs> Does it still hold up? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, just to you know, catch the audience up, uh, the movie that we are referring to is the greatest hockey movie of all time, Slapshot. Um, and I think it parts of it still hold up. Uh, there are definitely some dated reference material. It's of course, it was of course a little bit of a looser time back then, <laughs> a little uh, less politically correct, if you will. But uh, the the action still holds up. Uh, the The skating scenes, of course, still hold up very well. The cinematography in that is done very, very, very wonderfully. Uh, it, it's just hard for probably somebody who wasn't familiar with uh, with what hockey was. Uh, at that time and mm-hmm. looking at it through a politically correct lens that we currently live in here in the uh, back end of the 2010s might see that as I won't say barbaric no but certainly very uh, rough around the edges yeah for sure I mean cause it, it was definitely it was it was made during you know during the uh, the broad street bullies uh, <laughs> phase of the Philadelphia Flyers so it, yeah, and, and I, I pick out something new every time I watch that movie. And and this time it really started to hit home with me, just the dynamics of how unhappy uh, Ned and Lily's, uh, Ned and Lily Braden, uh, their marriage truly was for them being in such a, uh, a, small, a small town and with Ned being such a promising hockey player and as Jack Carr of Jack Carr Sports uh touted a college graduate which sounds you know <laughs> commonplace today but that was a big deal in the you know back in the 70s to actually have an advanced degree well and and actually and you know kind of to um to, yeah it's it sounds you know commonplace today but you know only about a third of <laughs> americans actually go to college and for and 45 per, percent of those actually finish right <laughs> so you know i don't know how, but well, you know, i mean it's yeah maybe it's just in perception yeah i guess yeah but i i pick out something every, every time i watch it and it's been a long time since i watched that movie so to to kind of really see just how the the home life of the Bradens was uh, really just on the rocks with uh, within it was the the movie within the movie was provided a lot of a lot of subtext to me and I I really kind of felt I really felt sorry for Lily and I I was really kind of let, not really enamored with with Ned because he just he, he was kind he of was a dick. Kind of, yeah I was gonna say. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, he was kind of an asshole, but yeah. <laughs> but any anyway, as we've kind of gone off the rails there, uh, we mentioned we have a voicemail number. And is this our first voicemail that we've had? Um, in in quite in quite a while, I I got I gotta say, um, it, it just uh, that um, let me pull up the right window here. Here we go. <laughs> so we uh, got got one uh, a little earlier this morning. Hello, caller. You're on the voicemail. Hey, it's just Scarlett. Um, just uh, letting you know I will be back next time. Um, I'm enjoying some time with my family, and I just wanted to say hello. Um, don't let the, the algorithm get to y'all too much. Bye. Ah, <laughs> uh, the algorithm strikes again. <laughs> 
Well, that was certainly a lovely surprise, and it was good to to hear from yes. Scarlett today. Even even though she's not physically here, she is here with her voice gracing the uh, gracing the episode today, and that was really nice for her. Yes, ab- absolutely. So thank thank uh, again that uh, that that number is two three one eight four six eight four two zero. So if you have a little uh, voice voice message for for us, uh, go ahead and call call that number and. As you know, as we uh, as we just got it, we'll we'll play we'll play it during in the middle of the show. Yeah, but, we'll play it. But uh, we uh, we uh, we uh, yeah yeah. You all right okay. over there? <laughs> yeah, cat got, cat got my tongue. Apparently, it wasn't like, the algorithm. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> there was no ry- rhythm ry- rhythm to it or, or anything. But we like to start every every, every show with uh, moments of squee, and uh, it's been a uh, while well, since uh, Matt Matthew's been here. So what uh, what what do you have? Well, first of all, it's it's nice to be back in the studio uh, again. So that's always great, and it's a, a, a certainly something I would say. All right, this definitely qualifies as a, as a moment of squee to be back behind the microphone again. Um, the moment of squee I was actually really pumped for was some news I received last week, actually, if within the last week, I think. And I've made a couple of uh, mentions of a local area arcade that I've... Uh, frequented called hyperspace this is a little bit of free publicity for them they're not paying me to do this but uh they had mentioned uh earlier in the year that they were planning on shutting their doors and i've spent many a night there you know in front of the uh, my favorite games from the past uh climbing up their in-house leaderboards i was actually number one at one point on the leaderboard uh many 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 months ago uh, but that place holds a very special uh, uh, area of of, uh, of my heart. So it was very it was very uh, very sad to hear that they were uh, thinking of shutting their doors. And the over the over that time, the general public said, "No, please don't go." So due to the uh, response from the general public, uh, they decided that they would uh, delay their closing for an unknown period of time and. I thought, well, it may be a you know state of execution, for lack of a better phrase. But I thought, well, at least they're going to be around for a little bit longer. I'll get a chance, you know, have a few uh, laps around the building and play a few more games to my heart's content, and just give them a nice little uh, farewell. And now they have announced that they have reconsidered their closing. Uh, idea and they have now decided that they will indeed remain open they will no longer close down so that is wonderful wonderful news for this uh... well well done well done with that <laughs> warms my heart and I'm, I'm glad that they're going to uh, remain open they're returning to their well as close to their normal uh, operating schedule as it was before they decided to uh, explore uh, closing down the pinball machines uh, ha- had been off the floor uh, since then they are going to make a grand return awesome and they're uh, introducing uh, different pricing tiers for people who don't want to uh, pay for an all-day pass they can pay a reduced rate for uh, a limited gaming run there's reduced prices for kids for you know un- between certain ages and 
I, I, I can't express how happy this makes me feel because uh, you can sit at home and you can, you know, game online with your console or your PC or whatever. And, you know, more power to you if that's what speaks to you as a gamer. But for me, uh, I like arcade games and I like the stand-up arcade games. They, I grew up on those as a kid. Mm -hmm. So that's really a piece of my childhood. And I spent a lot of time there and many Super Bowl Sundays avoiding Super Bowl parties <laughs> and going and having fun playing games uh -huh. and enjoying myself. Not to say that, you know, uh, the Super Bowl parties aren't fun. It's just not my cup of tea. I would much rather find myself, you know, uh, piloting, you know, uh, an arcade cabinet and trying to get a high score off of, uh, let, let's say, Mappy, if anybody knows what that game is. Or uh, Peter Packrat, if anybody knows what that game is. Or, you know, your old, your tried and true favorites, Asteroids, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, uh, Burger Time. Galaga, you know. Yeah, so these are, you know, these were staples, and it really is almost historic in a way to preserve that element of of gaming culture. I'm proud. I'm proud of that. I, I'm I'm proud that I was part of that that time, and I'm glad that there's still uh, somewhere that an older gaming enthusiasts like myself can go and indulge for a little while and get, you know, scratch that itch because that, that itch you can lose yourself in because mm -hmm. you all of a sudden you're no longer, you're, you're no longer an adult with responsibilities and deadlines and stuff you got to do because that's what the world tells you to do. You're a kid again. You're, you're eight years old. You're 10 years old. You're 12 years old. And all you want to do is just get lost in the world of pixels and sprites and and it kind of it take, takes so I mean yeah you you and I are pretty pretty are pretty much the same same age so I mean it for for a while um, I I would say up until um, at, le at least at least uh, I'm just speaking for myself per personally up up until like a year after the super like a year or two after the Super Nintendo was was released up until then um, gaming for me was an event. Like you had to go somewhere, right. and 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 uh, you either with a big you know a big bag full full of quarters, or you go to go or you bring like a ten dollar bill and you know go to the change machine or, or or something, and you know and and obviously you knew you know you had to ask your parents for a ride or for a ride or or what or whatever or like a school out or whatever the case may be, and it, it again it was it was an it was an event to go to go like to the to to a, a different a different lo location and you you know usually it was like in, in a mall or something and it'd be like you know you can have access to a snack snack bar or or what or what have you and and so yeah i i the, i def i definitely i, I definitely share, share that that you know it's it, it's it again it's it's an event and you're not you're not just like walking 10 10 feet 10 20 feet away into into your li living room and you know and everything's just right there yeah it, you're absolutely right it, it was it really was a social event at that age because that's where kids congregated that's where you met your friends you hung out there you and you talked about it at school for like mm -hmm. weeks, days at a time. And as when that date kept getting closer and closer, you talked about, well, I think I'm going to start playing this game, and I'm going and and it, I want to I want to be a 
Or I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna finally beat beat level three in Donkey Kong. Right. Or I'm I'm gonna play as a you know a Wolverine in the X Men game. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, you know I want to play Street Fighter because I I want I want to practice and I you know and, <laughs> and you you know you had you know little impromptu tournaments with your friends in Street Fighter. Yeah. Or whatever your game of choice was, Mortal Kombat or something like that. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. And. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it really, it, that was your social calendar. That's what your hangout was. That's what you did. So to be able to kind of see that through, see yourself in that light again. And it really, it kind of evokes the same things. It's like, well, hey, let's, we should plan a hyperspace run or we should do this. It kind of, mm-hmm. it, it brings that same enthusiasm back again. And when you get the chance to go and we went not too long ago yeah. for, for Scarlett's birthday. So that was like, we were, we were really excited to, to make that happen and get a chance to kind of, you know, game together. Cause that's something we, we've never really done a whole lot of. Right. But it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun and Hey, that would be uh that'd be fun to do again. So to, to know that, well, there's we a have, couple birthdays coming up. <laughs> there are a couple of birthdays coming up. <laughs> and I think we're just going to leave it at that. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, there, there it is. My moment of squeeze. Hyperspace gets the continue. So uh, so my uh, moment of Moment of squee has, has to deal with uh, working on my co- coding pro- project. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished my thir- third one. Um, I was, I ended up uh, building a uh, like a podcast interview manager. Okay. So uh, the the ideation of, of this kind of went through a few phases. At first, I wanted to do some something with uh, having to do with solar panels, and you know all, all of my. Uh, all of the projects I've done, they've meant something to me personally, and I wanted, I, you know, I wanted I, that, that go, going into uh, this uh, co- code school. That that was that was def that that was that was a big goal goal for me. Was you know, I mean, you it's in in a way you're show, you're kind of you're not only showcasing you know what what you can do and what you can build, but you're also it, it's a form of storytelling. And so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just like build, you know, just building ran- random stuff that, you know, you can find tutorials for on the internet and just generic, generic stuff. I wanted to kind of show who, who, uh, who I am, um, out, outside, outside of, of, of coding. And so that, you know, with glo- global warming is def is, you know, it, 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 it's a thing. I mean, we're 10 to 12 years away from cause, causing irreparable damage to, our, to, to this planet. And, um, I, I, I guarantee you that, you know, if global warming wasn't a thing, uh, Greta Thunberg w- wouldn't be a household name right now. <laughs> True. True. And so I want, I, I wanted to build, build an app that kind of, showcase that so i i um 
I, w- I wanted to build something where you you'd in, you'd input like your the make and model of all your different appliances, and then it and at at the other end it it would say okay you you need x x number of so solar panels to you know to get off grid essentially, and do and with some some re- research I I re- realized that I would have to hook up with like three three ex- external ser- services in order to get this done and <clears throat> because the amount the amount of solar energy you get uh varies depend depending on both where you're at on the planet and you know gen- general weather like you know C- seattle and and uh and i know uh well uh, Seattle and and Ireland are there. You know, they they get a lot of clouds and rain, so they would get get less solar energy than say Southern Arizona, for for instance. Um, both both lat- latitude wise and weather wise. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, and so I would I would need to hook hook up hook into a service that did that did that and you know I would need to hook up hook up into one that would take you know take so there there's different and you know one one that was a web uh, like a web crawler that got like the kilowatt hours of what of whatever uh of the of the various uh on the various appliances and this is not something that was has been taught in the curriculum and i also wanted to do i mean do uh test driven development where you write write the tests first and then you write the code that passes the test so which which helps in um and optimization because you're only writing the exact amount of code to get it to work and it also provides like uh like a bit of a but uh like a uh, uh like a, a safety button kind of thing where you can experiment and you know run the test or like oh that worked okay whereas if you just straight code it code it straight straight from the beginning when it works you're like it's working now. I don't really want to mess with it. Whereas, if you have the tests and you and you you have that little safety thing that shows either red red light when it doesn't work and green light when it does, then you can kind of play around with it and you and you can op- optimize further. And so there's so I wanted to in- incorporate that that process into it, and. I, I have I have no doubt that uh, it give that I would be able to figure out how to hook into these ser- services and and make and make the application, but I didn't know if I could do it within the time time constraints that I had, mm-hmm. and so there there was like a show and tell. Uh, Thing that the school school put on, and one one person. Uh, one one person did like a veterinary um um ap- appointment thing and and um you know po- podcasts and podcasting are very you know Im- important to me obviously we've been making this this one for for some for some time 144 episodes to be precise <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and uh but in in the 
in the requirements, it said, you know, it can't, it can't be a form of a blog because that's what they've been, that, that was the example that they've been using for a lot of the labs. And aside from like a media player and a download button, a pod, a podcast, uh, in app for, uh, uh, publishing podcast is pretty much a blog. (laughs) <laughs> structurally speaking you know it's just a couple a couple design design elements at, added in and then you know after i went went to this uh show the show and tell um the the uh appointment thing kind of got so so that's where the the uh podcast uh in, interview uh man, manager came came in hmm. and as as i was kind of you know t- um so I, I had finished. Uh, this actually came. Um, one, one of the people at the uh, co-working space uh, is a works in sales and at a company that they they have like a network of podcasters, and then they as a as a service to people that, and then they. Uh, they they take in uh, like people that want to be on a podcast, and they and the people that want to be a guest on the podcast pay pay for this service. So the, this guy was, you know, he 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 knew I was I was working on apps and everything, but he didn't know what I was building, and and uh, and so you know I, I showed showed him the 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 final thing which you know which he he he's like yeah you know build build it out and have you know maybe try and build it out more try and you know incorporate these these things and these things which that that was really but um um but that wasn't my moment of squeak (laughs) (laughs) it was a long 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 story leading up to it but (laughs) this is a bit of a a long runway but it's needed it sounds like it's your you're ready to hit the yeah, and so I start. I started. Um, start the uh, the next uh, the the next uh, se- section uh, J- JavaScript, and I was I was working through the test, and then and every every time that I uh, that I got a test to pass, I can yeah, you know, because you know you need like little victories to al- along the way to keep to keep you moving because yeah. learning how to code is challenging. That's true. And <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> and and so you you kind of need like little vic- little victories along the way to kind of help you put push through those lo- the 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 larger challenges. And um I didn't realize that I was doing this. But every, every time that I got uh that I got all of the tests to pass, I like my my finger just flew off of the enter button. Like like just tack 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 and, and you know, all right, run the last test. All right, and submit. <laughs> and he's like I and the same same guy that uh that I was men- mentioning just a minute ago, he's like, dude, I love how you do that. I'm like, what? It's like, yeah, your fingers just fly off the enter, enter button like yeah take that <laughs> <laughs> so i i mean i have i have, i had no idea that that i that i was doing that for 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 all i know i've been doing that this entire time without without noticing huh. <laughs> how about that so so yeah i mean so yeah have um so so yeah that that was uh that that was my moment of squee a lot you know a big a long long runway for a Short little takeoff, you know. <laughs> but you flew. Exactly. 
Yeah. Ish. <laughs> but he got off the ground. <laughs> just just like my finger off the enter off key. Off the keyboard, right? <laughs> All right. That's cool. So so yeah, I mean we um so yeah, um I um my in the uh my my head um that Pretty much, you know, my my head's been, you know, I've been juggling juggling the code school, and you know, I've you know meant mentioned you know the and then the Yang Yang campaign, and so that we we've met, I've mentioned that in pre in the two previous ep- episodes, which um, yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> knock the knock not gonna pound the ground on on that for <laughs> in 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 the in this episode, but. Um, but yeah, I ju- it's just you know you you got you got to find like little little. I mean, it's it, it you know it's not as uh dr- dramatic as say as say hy- hyper hyperspace uh saying yes we're gonna say, stay open. But hey, <laughs> it's you get you got you got to find something, right? <laughs> so um you know you got it's the it's eighty you know the whole eighty eighty twenty rule thing. <laughs> well, funny you mentioned the eighty twenty rule, right? <laughs> yeah, we're not not really good at segues, but you know, there you have it. <laughs> uh, I I just started learning about this uh, this eighty twenty rule, otherwise known as the Pareto principle, in a uh, training I had at work very recently. And uh, just to briefly summarize uh, this this and this is coming from the uh, this is coming from the website which uh, has vanished off my phone, so I apologize. Uh, it's coming off of what is the uh, off of BrianTracy.com. It's the the eighty twenty rule explained. So the Pareto principle, page loading, page loading, page loading, page <laughs> loading. Uh, essentially, uh, to 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 paraphrase off of the uh, Brian, the BrianTracy.com website is that. Uh, Actually, I will. Um, I, I've uh, you got pulled, it. Yeah, I pulled it up on uh, on Wikipedia here, which I'll put on the on the screen for those watching the uh, watching the video version. But for those uh, in the audio version, <laughs> all right. So the from Wikipedia, the Pareto principle, known also known as the eighty twenty rule, the law of the vital few, or the principle of factor sparsity, states that for many events. Roughly 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. Management consultant Joseph M. Juren suggested the principle and named it after Italian economist Wilfredo Pareto, who noted the 80-20 connection while at the University of Lausanne, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, in 1896 as published in his first work, Corps d'Economie Politique. That was pretty good, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pareto showed that approximately 80% of the land in Italy was owned by 20% of the population. It is an axiom of business management that 80% of, sl- of sales come from 20% of clients. Mathematically, the 80-20 rule is roughly followed by a power law distribution, also known as a Pareto distribution, for a particular set of parameters and many natural phenomena have been shown to empirically have been shown empirically to exhibit such a distribution. And we won't read the rest of the article there, but uh, essentially uh, 
Think of it in terms of if you're trying to problem solve something and if you isolate 20% of the vital area of the cause you're trying to uh, find that solution for, essentially the remaining 80% of it will can be uh, not disregarded, but if you identify at least that 20%, it'll solve an overwhelming majority of your mm-hmm. of your uh your task that you're trying to, uh, you know, the high, the high fulcrum activities, essentially fulcrum. That's a good word. Yes, absolutely. So I was actually really, really, uh, taken aback by this because in terms of problem solving and conventional means, I've, I think of stuff like focus groups and meetings and surveys and things of that sort. So to kind of see in a more streamlined version, especially when you can identify your areas of focus and limit it, lack of a better term, limit it to a certain scope and produce high yield results, I think is something that is very overlooked because we try to focus so much on big picture instead of trying to focus in on a very specific scope. And it could be well within that certain scope that we can solve big picture ideas and big picture issues. Or I, I think a lot, also a lot of us see the the eight the eighty percent and try to uh, try to try to solve them on on a granular level. It's like okay, we have the we have this problem. Let's try to solve that one, and we have this problem. We try to solve that one instead of kind of taking a bit of a step back and saying, oh, this, this, this small little percent, percent, this 20, 20% is tangentially related to this 80%. So if we just work on this little thing, most of the other stuff will, will, will fall by the wayside. Right. And, and that uh, principle can be applied to not just your work life, but also your home life too. Uh, and if, you may do that as as you wish. I've thought about this because I'm I'm going to be moving very shortly, and I have a lot of stuff I need to do. <laughs> but I made time for the podcast, so uh, tangentially, yes, I I I need to identify my twenty percent of the things that I need to do, which will then you know correlate to the other eighty percent. I know exactly what I need to do, but did I? <laughs> side eye to the camera (laughs) maybe i need to reevaluate my approach now that i have uh, been given a glimpse at the 80 20 principle and maybe my focus is in the wrong area maybe maybe not you know maybe uh maybe doing the podcast kind of help helps calm you so you can actually effect effectively move move everything work smarter not harder and um, it's it's uh, it's it's been been quite quite a, quite a while since you've been been in the studio, and uh, non desucon uh, has uh, take take taken place uh, since since then, which I, I know that you've been you've you've been an an adamant uh, <laughs> attendee since uh, like early two thousands. Uh, yes, uh, uh, last month uh, before uh, before Labor Day. Uh, we uh we had uh nondiscon 24 24 it was my mm, 18th 19th oh wow yeah that that sounds about right yeah 19th convention uh 
well, not convention. I've gone to many conventions, but the 19th year I've been to uh, Nondiscon. It was my first year being staff. So when you when you love something and you want to uh, try to actively participate in its uh, production, as I now have done with this convention, becoming staff for the uh, Nondiscon Archives and Museum, uh, being on the being on the staff role is way different than being an actual attendee. So being an attendee, of course, you can run around, well, not literally run around, but you can <laughs> you know dash about to different panels. Can you skip around? Yes. <laughs> yes, you can. You can totally do that. Skip about all you like. So, but for but for staff, you 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 kind of have. A lot of other stuff you got to do. You have to make sure that your room is set up, that your doors are unlocked, that the hotel has an adequate supply of water for its uh, it you know the congoers that pass in and out of the room. Uh, you have to make sure that you're in communication with your with your area heads and your your staff. And there's a lot of a lot of logistics, which uh, I've only begun to see. You know the the uh, the surface layer being my first year of it. So it's still, don't get me wrong. It's still fun. It's a different type of fun. It's like when I first started volunteering in artist alley, it was still a way to experience and consume the convention in a way I had never thought of before, other than just dressing up and going to panels and taking pictures and that's all well and good. But when you actually actively participate in certain things with the convention, like being, you know, uh, an artist alley helper as I have been for many years and now uh, being staff and having an actual role in the life and the experience for other people to enjoy it, Maybe they can get an enjoyment the way that I did, or they'll enjoy it in a way that's satisfying and has meaning to them. So I went to approximately like a handful of panels. If I, if I recall, I know I, I specifically went to one, one very interesting panel, which was disability in, 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 as, uh, in cosplaying. And the, the panelists uh, talked about uh, how do you cosplay with with a, with a wheelchair or with canes or crutches, how do you do that? So she had a lot of really good examples of more prominent cosplayers, uh, so one of whom I actually follow, which I didn't uh, was, realize was going to be an example in the panel hmm. material, but who is uh, legally blind, and how you co how you cosplay with with those uh, with those uh, challenges mm -hmm. hurdles however you want it whatever phrase you want to use so i thought that was actually very interesting to see because stuff like that doesn't really get a lot of light shine on it mm -hmm. it's more of like, you, you get to see the elaborate costumes and you can still do elaborate costumes as she effectively demonstrated there was a there was some of her material that was and stuff that she's done and uh costumes that she's made and her the models that she's um, had wear her stuff. It's, it's still allowing people to actively participate as cosplay. It's just not in what one might think in the part of the expression conventional sense. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a very interesting panel to participate in and discuss. 
programming, of course, is always diverse. There's always going to be your staples like a costume contest or your uh, uh, music video contest or gaming tournaments. Uh, there's a... Uh, you're going to find those as standard across the convention sphere. Uh, and as I've said for many years now, every every convention has its own identity. Mm -hmm. And this convention's identity is only going to continue to grow, especially now that we're moving to a, a new uh, convention facility next year. We're moving to the Gaylord of the Rockies near a Denver International Airport. So in a way, it's almost like a homecoming for me because my first NDKs were off of you know we're not all that far away from the airport so it's like almost in a sense like a homecoming hmm. after 20 years <laughs> almost like a high school reunion if yeah. you will. <laughs> so what was what was uh fun for you as an attendee versus what was fun for you as a volunteer some things i can't talk about <laughs> fair, fair enough fair enough you know. <laughs> we'll just say i had to learn a few lessons Again, and again, and again. But uh, I, I to, to really honestly answer the question, I liked stepping out of myself and being able to wear this a costume of something else that had a different personality makeup than me. So being able to step out of that and kind of be within that world for uh, a few days out of my out of my year, and it almost felt like uh, you know you you check you check yourself in at the door of the hotel. You become somebody else for those few days, and then when you check out of the hotel, you you know you you take yourself with you and those experiences away. Going to do going to that and meeting so many people and as someone who is not very who who isn't very extroverted but cosplays as somebody who is very extroverted, it was a bit of a balancing act to try to break out of my shell. I remember that in my very first year, I was very timid and trying to embrace that. And over the years, it got easier and. It was fun to be recognized. Of course, I had a very different look about me back then. So I was <laughs> yeah. easier to spot. Anybody could see, you know, that main flapping about behind me. You're like, oh, there he is. Oh, there he is. Like, hey, everybody, how's it going? And it, it was someone who, for me, who was never really popular as a kid and being having a taste of what that was like and being able to hopefully maturely process that a little bit better was like, oh, so this is what being popular feels like. This is kind of fun, and getting to getting to uh, I will use the term network mm -hmm. with, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I, I'm 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 chuckling because I, I know I know the you stories. know some of my stories, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as you get older, your tastes change, and you uh, you. You mature, you uh, you see the world differently. So some things that you really enjoy doing, you recognize that your time in doing that stuff is very limited. You can prolong it, and you can, you know, bathe yourself in it and do you know laps in that in that pool for a while. But after a while, your 
you go jump into a different pool and you know when you dip your toe in it's like oh the water's okay over here it and you you do a few laps and you get accustomed to it and you grow and you you see the convention differently so i started to want to give back to it over time because of all of the all of the good experiences i've had and all of the fun memories and all the people i've met and that it's really been a big part of my life it's been probably the biggest like social gathering i've had not counting my job and even then that's like second tier because i've mm -hmm. been doing this longer than i've probably been in the in the working world coming upon you know 20 years here next year so it so as a as a costumer being able to network with people and being able to to do that and make friends and cultivate relationships be they platonic or otherwise so i really enjoyed that and then as i got older being able to actively participate and I, I realize i'm going over the same old ground and repeating myself but volunteering to help in an artist alley and consume the convention a different way and bring joy and happiness to other attendees even if it's just through the exchange of like craft goods courtesy of my sister so being able to consume enjoyment that way and bring a, another way to communicate and connect with people that way was it was it, it brought me a new lease on the congoing experience other than just well what costume am i going to wear how much is how much luggage am i going to need this time am i going to have to worry about props again am i going to have to the, the answer is no i never have to worry about props <laughs> uh, so it 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 provided it provided a different outlet maybe that's the word i need to find here is it provided a different outlet doing that type of, of volunteering and then when i volunteered for the museum I didn't even realize that the convention had a museum until I stumbled across it for NDK's 20th anniversary a couple of years ago. Huh. So when I did and I spoke with the, the museum head and I told him, you know what? I have a, uh, I have a career in archiving. We need, we should probably explore working together on this. And then I volunteered for the, uh, for the museum and volunteering wasn't all that different from volunteering in Artist Alley. It was just now I, I actually had you know places to go and cover and actually contribute to the ongoing legacy of the, of the, uh, of the convention. Something that had brought me so much joy, it, you know, in my early twenties, my mid late twenties, and to present day, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I have an actual active role in helping preserve that for new people who discover this convention and i see this i saw this a lot when uh you know when i was volunteering for the museum people would gravitate immediately towards the first convention that they they went to at ndk because that was that i've always maintained you always remember your first mm -hmm. and so i would see them go to the the uh you know the stations where that was their first one and they talk with their friends and I like seeing that it's a, it's it, because I know that feeling. I know what that is. So have being able to witness that and now be part of that arm of the convention to continually preserve that for future attendees and future 
experiences, I think, really warms my heart because now I know what that joy can mean for somebody else because I felt that and they feel it too. Becoming staff, it's like, okay, now I have crossed over. Now it's like the, the fun and games of being a cosplayer aren't necessarily over, but they're over. I can still dress up. I can still wear a costume. I can still do all that stuff. But now it's like I have to represent the convention. Mm-hmm. And that sounds, you know, very grown up and responsible, but it's a family atmosphere. And everybody who attends the convention, whether it's your first time or it's you're a longtime attendee like myself, you you go and it's like a family, a family affair, a family reunion. You see people you hadn't seen in years. You get to catch up and you get to enjoy each other's company. And being part of that staff is now I ha- I'm a steward. I'm a steward of that resp- of being able to provide that atmosphere and now preserve it, as I mentioned earlier, to to, fu- to future attendees for future experiences. So I don't know what more I can I can say because <laughs> I can talk about this a long time, but we only have a limited amount of time to speak. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, being on staff is is not like what I thought it would be, but at the same time, I'm also well aware of how much this convention meant means not just meant but means to me and will mean to me as I continue to get older and. I want this to be preserved for other people to enjoy and have a long and storied history to look back on the early days to say, I remember when this happened. I was there for that. I was with my friends when we saw this. And to be a part, to actively preserve that and know that that's going to continue going forward and be able to have my my fingerprints on it. It's, it's great. It's a great feeling. Yeah. And then, and I mean, everything that you, that you said holds true regardless of what kind of convention it is, whether it's anime, comic books, sci-fi, you know, it's a, yeah, you, I mean, even, even, even music festivals, um, you know, when you're talking about like big annual events and, you know, you, you, all, all, yeah, you always remember your first with, with every, with every, every single one, there's always something special that, that happens organically that that was that wasn't planned but it, but it it couldn't it couldn't ha- happen any other any other way to, i mean other in, involved you know with the the pe- people that were in, involved and the place that they that they were that that they were at in their lives at that at that moment and and the the way the way they met and how how things kind of kind of grew 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 from that and i mean you you have that re- regardless of of what what kind of convention or or big or big of uh, uh, events uh you're 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 talking about so um yeah it, it it's great that you're a, that you're able to you know kind of help help pre- preserve preserve like the um uh, because i mean pr- Def, definitely um pre so, so social media it, you didn't nest it, it was not not a lot of I, I don't i don't think that um 
especially in the late late 90s and early 2000s and certainly before that when you know when you had like when when it was essentially you know just 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 san San diego comic-con and and before this whole convention uh culture exploded the the thought of art archiving net and all that just just never even entered their minds like they were just thinking okay this this year went well let's see let's see how we can you know we we got to start we got to start playing 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 for next year and put you know, and put putting out fires of stuff that ha- happened at the at the pre, pre. So, I mean, have have um, are archiving the this kind of stuff. What wasn't necessarily on the on the on the front front burner, or even on the stove, <laughs> for for that matter. Right. So so it's so it's it's great great that you're able to you know can contribute to that and 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 keep and keep a, a record of uh of like pre- previous years so that pe- people can re- relive their not not only their their for their first time but you know the remember remember the the special moments that they that they had in sub in subsequent uh events and i sincerely hope that everybody who becomes a long-term attendee at that at NDK or any convention collects those memories and it becomes something that is more than just a weekend that and to go back to the gaming uh conversation we had earlier that it's an event Mm -hmm. it really is an event and there's a lot of hard-working people who are on staff who are who are volunteering and they work hard to put this event together for everybody to enjoy and now i'm starting to see what that truly means I kind of lucked out because I'm I'm in an area where I have a lot of uh, exposure to being a longtime attendee. It's 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 perfect. I would dare say dare I say it's perfect for me, as someone who tends to have a bit of a nostalgic lens, more than a bit of a nostalgic lens. <laughs> so being able to uh, curate that and have that as an experience that future generations can share in. And I go back to my example of when they run to their the stations for the first convention that they went to and they, they that, that marvel and that remembrance on their face, the, the joy. It's like, I, I get it. I completely get it. And I'm, I'm so happy that they know that joy. And that's really what you want you want your attendees to have that fun and to be able to have something that they can point to and say this is where it started yeah and one um there uh we we kind of act actually have to have to wrap 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 up here because um because i i know you have a have have a heart out but um um but uh this Back in uh, late in, um, I, I think it was like two thousand eight or so, give 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 or give or take. Um, I went to a mu- music festival called Dreamtime, 
And it was the I had just I had just recently heard heard about it. I mean, I, I was I was very I, I was very deep deep in the whole you know music you know festy go, going. Um, I mean, I you know yes <laughs> yes I do. And um, this and so I went. It was only the the sec the second time that uh, that they that they had it, and it uh, the. It, and it, it was in uh, southwestern Colorado, near a, a small little town called Paonia. Um, but it, it's kind of um, like kind of like the Gunnis, Gunnison area, kind of or um, yeah, kind of yeah. Um, or Crest Crested Butte was a, was actually um, clo- closer. But anyway, okay. um, you could def- definitely. I mean, you could see. I mean, the there there wasn't like this. You know, like this like curtain word you know it's like all all of the hard all of the hard work went 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 in and you know and and you you saw you all you all you saw as a attendee was the was the end result um they they were very um it was very ap- apparent that a lot of work went went into it they they didn't uh there there wasn't like that 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 bifurcation and i mean ev- everyone going could def- could definitely uh to tell that uh that a, a lot of work work went into this and you know they they were all it was all 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 volunteer and and then for one re- for one reason or or another it 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 it's it stopped at that point like they did they didn't con- they didn't continue on from back then and i've uh i i've since since then i've you know looked looked back in, into it um uh, here 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 and there and there just hasn't been um i'm not sure if the site's even up anymore but um but you know it just had um and um just just have um no knowing that jeez <clears throat> okay i I'm having to clear my throat way too many times this, this episode, but uh, just knowing that you know I participated in like half of their and <laughs> half of the, the the event festivals that they that they put put on. Now, I mean, it it definitely holds like I, I don't want to say sacred part of my but i mean the the fact that it's not happening anymore and every and everything that i mean because they they had like big um art art installation i mean it was kind of like a small ver- version of a uh, Bur- burning man like we're like really small <laughs> like I, smoldering I, man yeah sure why not? <laughs> okay <laughs> but but yeah i mean you can def um but you know that that um that that feeling you de- describe of like yes this this was my this this was my 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 first and you know not, and you know kind of go all all the things you re- remember from from it i mean that that's the one that that really uh re- that that really stick sticks in my in my mind uh be, simply because it was it was only one you know it uh their their first one was the one they that they had the pre- previous year and then and you know i i was able to attend and then knowing and then fi- finding out that it didn't ha- happen in sub subsequent years i mean 
all, all of those fe- feelings of yes, this, this was my first, and these were the special things that 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 ha- that happened. Th- those uh, you know are for 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 me with with that particular event, all all of those are pretty much cast in stone for me at the at this at this point. So yeah, I mean that that's definitely um, I'm. Uh, yeah, um, I lost my train of thought there, but <laughs> you can relate. <laughs> yes, ab- absolutely. But you know, I've uh, you know, uh, Scarlett and I have been going to uh, what's now Denver Pop Culture Con um, <laughs> since like 2012, I, I I think. And so you know, I, I I still I still get it. You know, get that same feeling in 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 other ways. But uh, but but Dreamtime is re- is really the one that. Re- that really sticks at, at, at the top when you're talking about, you know, the, the memories and feelings of your first time. Yeah. There's always that special one. Even if you go to several different music festivals or conventions or social events, there's always that special one. And it stands out as the crown jewel among the rest. I've been to conventions from Seattle to Kansas and points in between. And, they have their own identity. They have their own flavor. They have their own atmosphere. And they're great. Uh, but there's always going to be just one that is the crown jewel. And it's that one that you will make every necessary sacrifice to be a part of. Because the others don't have that same rare air or regard or esteem. So when you find that, you know you find it. Mm-hmm. And it just takes on that aura of irreplaceability. Mm-hmm. And for, for all you know, any of the pe- people that were go- going to those ver- various tables, that might have been their, their, their one. Yeah. All it takes is your is your one moment. And if you have your one moment, you're going to keep going back to find more and you'll make more, but you'll always have that special one. And there's a show title. And, um, you know, I, I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. So, good to be back. Glad, glad you are back. So, uh, we do thank you for watching, 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 listening. Yes, watching or listening. We do appreciate any feedback. Please comment using the channels found on hovpodcast.net. And please check out our YouTube channel at bit.ly slash hovpodcast underscore YouTube, all lowercase. And uh, if you want to stay up to date, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or TuneIn. Okay, so we gotta we got we got we gotta find find uh, find a title for this thing. So we have Google Torp, not Google Thorpe. <laughs> um, cat caught my tongue. Cordal Mombat, Pareto Segway. <laughs> they 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 know that joy and that special one.
I'm kind of partial to Google Torp. <laughs> Google Thorped. <laughs> Let's do it. All right.